0: This is the Daily Lectionary Comments for July the 6th. We're going to look at the uh, covenant renewal under Joshua in uh, Joshua chapter 24. And we're we're going to look at the uh, beginning of the first missionary journey in Acts chapter 13. Okay, Joshua chapter 12, uh, excuse me, 24. This is the final chapter in in Joshua. And it's a very important chapter uh, because it draws to a conclusion everything that began with the call of abraham and finishes with the people of god more or less settled in the land of canaan god has fulfilled the promises that he made to abraham and with the uh, passing of the baton from joshua who was about to die to the next generation um, that part of of the story of god's people is complete the first half of this chapter for that reason, is taken up with history. If you look at uh, verses 2 all the way through uh, verse 13, you'll see that this is a recitation of the specifics of the history that brought the people here. Okay, God's calling of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and coming out of Egypt and being taken care of in the wilderness and then being brought into the promised land and God fighting for his people. All of this is carefully recited in verse 13 it says i gave you a land on which you had not labored and cities that you had not built now that is sort of the bottom line the history is recited so that the people would know and understand why they should choose god because that's going to come later in this passage the call to choose to follow god rather than to fall away and go after other gods The reason that God should be chosen, the reason that he should be favored over all these other gods, is not just because he's very, very powerful, or even that he's the only one that actually is real. The reason you should choose him is because of all that he has done for you, culminating in him giving you this land. Now, this is as true for the Israelites, it is true for us today that the people of God, it's not a moral beauty contest. God is not going through the world looking for his kind of people, and when he finds them, he grabs them and adds them to the collection of good, fine, God-fearing people. That's not what Israel was. Israel was not a collection of people who were just the way God wanted. They were the people to whom God gave this land to whom God gave this covenant, to whom God gave freedom from Egypt. And because he had done all these things for them, they are his people, and he has every right to expect them to choose him, to follow him, and to uh, completely abandon and stay away from all other gods. It's the same for the Christian. You and I have what we have, our life our property, and most especially our life with God and all the promises of baptism because God has given them to us. We haven't been selected from among the people of the world as particularly worthy of this, and therefore we should follow this God and we should follow no other God because this God has given us what we have. Now, let me go back and and sort of repeat what I said something uh, before, and that is, this history becomes the basis upon which we should put our trust and confidence in God. Very much like in the New Testament, we might very much recite how God raised up Israel, and from Israel, uh, God sent his son, at, uh, that Jesus uh, bore our sins on the cross, rose on the third day, ascended into heaven, the Holy Spirit was given to his church, the gospel is being proclaimed, baptism is being, being people into the kingdom of God. This has brought us to this very day, and we are waiting for our Lord Jesus to come again. All of this would be a recitation of the things that God has given us and God has done for us. And on the basis of this, the things that God has done for us, the things that God has given to us, we should choose Him willingly to follow Him and stay clean away from all of the gods, whether they were real or whether they were false, they have done nothing for us to deserve that we should give them any attention at all. And that's why uh, Joshua says, um, uh, you know, choose this day whom you will serve. This is verse 15. Whether the gods of the uh, that our fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in the land that you dwell. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, one last thing here is that we see very clearly in this whole passage where, first, Joshua calls the people to choose God on the basis of all that he has done for them, and he also warns them that having been given this land and everything else, if you forsake God and go after other gods, this God who has been such a friend to you will become your enemy. This is abundantly clear in Joshua chapter 24, it is abundantly clear in all of the book of Deuteronomy, it will be abundantly clear in Judges 1 and 2 Samuel, first and second Kings, and for all the rest of the scripture, that the issue is that not that God is trying to form a moral people for himself, a people who behave properly. What he is doing is forming a people who are wholly and completely his that give to him their full allegiance because he has given to them everything that they have. The story of the scriptures is not moral people becoming more moral, but it is people who have a tendency to chase after other gods, being called by God over and over again to give their full allegiance to him and a series of warnings and promises and punishments and disasters as the people do or don't follow the God who has given them everything. So, at the end of Joshua, we have the table set for the rest of the history of Israel. Will they follow God or will they chase after other gods? And that will be the theme of everything else that we read. Acts chapter 13 kicks off the second half of the book of Acts and it also begins in earnest something for which Luke has been laying the seeds for a long time. So, Prior to this chapter, we had Philip's uh, exploits with the Ethiopian eunuch. We had the conversion of Saul of Tarsus. We had Peter and Cornelius and that household of Gentiles. Then we were introduced to the congregation in in, uh, Syrian Antioch, uh, an entirely Gentile um, uh, church. We had Barnabas going to get uh, uh, Saul of Tarsus. And and joining in ministry with him. So we have Saul and Barnabas ministering in Syrian Antioch. And now we get to chapter 13. And we have the beginnings of the worldwide mission with what's called uh, uh, the first missionary journey. Note that it was the congregation in Syrian Antioch that laid their hands on Barnabas and Saul and sent them off at the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Sent them off where? What does that mean? It means that the congregation provided them money and resources and support and sent them out to preach the gospel wherever they may go. And they went to Gentile territories. The first place they went was to the island of Cyprus, which was off the coast to the west of where Syrian Antioch is. You note there that for the first time we are told that Saul was also called Paul, Saul was his Hebrew name. Paul was his Roman name. And from this time on, we are going to hear about Paul of Tarsus rather than Saul of Tarsus, but it's the same person. You will note also that typically Barnabas is mentioned first. Barnabas and Saul. Barnabas was the leader. And Saul slash Paul was uh, his associate. Later on, we're going to see that that's going to change. And suddenly, the text is going to refer to Paul and Barnabas. Okay, so that's interesting. We also note that um, uh, among those who were sent out with with, uh, 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 Paul and Barnabas was John, that is John Mark, the author of the Gospel of Mark. We're going to see that things don't go very well with him, and uh, there'll be issues that develop on later, but he goes with them right now. And you have this first spirited encounter with a false prophet, a false Jewish prophet that was trying to stand in the way of the spread of the gospel uh, to uh, the, um, uh, the the procurator there that was on, uh, on the island, the proconsul, Sergius Paulus. Uh, and and this, uh, this Jewish magician and false prophet was trying to interfere with Paul preaching to him. And notice how strongly uh, Paul reacts to this. Uh, verse 9 says, So Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him, and this is Elimus, the false prophet, and said, You son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness. Wow, those are strong words. And he was struck blind for a time and had to be led around by the hand, a beautiful a sort of symbol of uh, of his spiritual blindness. And so the first missionary journey begins with, uh, Saul and Paul uh, that is Paul and Barnabas's activity on the island of Cyprus it will continue with the next lesson they're going to cross uh, north go north of Cyprus onto the southern coast of Turkey and we're going to talk about that uh, tomorrow.